Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for what you're about to do. I pray for your spirit not only to be evident to be, but be the source of everything that comes from my mouth. I pray that you open up every ear that is hearing uh, what is about to go on, not for my sake or the church's sake, but for your sake, Lord. I pray for the words that come are not of mine, but of yours. And I pray for your spirit to manifest something brand new in the hearts of not only your believers, but your children. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, I'm hoping that you've been encouraged so far with um, with the service this morning uh, as we step into the next part of this series that we've been doing, which is Practically Equipped. I'm hoping that from this uh, that we're able to, we've dove, we've dove deep really, really far in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, experiencing what worship is, what openness is, and now this week is relinquishment. So I'm hoping that from this, as we're journeying this, we're able to, as I said at the beginning of this series, to just take that, that 20 minutes out this uh, during the week to be able to step into one of the practices or one of the notions or one of the recommendations throughout this whole time so that we can create space for God to move. Because we're, we're sitting there yearning for change to happen, yearning for this supernatural power to actually happen in, inside of us and around us and through us, but we're not actually involving God in this, then we're not actually doing the journey or the relationship or the life that God has created us to be. I'm excited about this message, and I'm excited about what God is going to do in and through us all as his children. So as I've already said, the last two weeks we've been journeying the notion of, of worship and, and uh, openness, and now it's relinquishment. The last couple of weeks we've had our uh, Bible video devotions on the Mondays, and also uh, on the Wednesdays we've had people, guest speakers, speaking into that space that's created through the design to worship on the Wednesday through Zoom. This week we've got uh, Yash and Shalini uh, speaking into tomorrow night, um, which is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. And we've also got Daz Farrell from Fresh Hope speaking into the Design to Worship part, which is really, really uplifting. I'm looking forward to that as well. So in that relinquishment, today's topic is letting go in a world dedicated to accumulation. Practices that lead to authenticity and surrender. Some big words, some, some words that we sit there and go, oh, that is hard. Not, not just to pronounce, as you could see just before, but also to actually impart into our lives. So let's dive into this. In this, we're going to be going into some of the notions, and today I'm hopefully going to expose just a little bit so that it awakens your soul, so that your desire of your soul starts reaching out for the things that create space in your life for God to be able to move, for God to be able to change, and for God to be able to, to be leaked out of your life. So in that, we've got confession and self-examination, detachment, discernment, mindfulness or attentiveness, our secrecy, 
silence, sobriety, solitude, spiritual direction, submission and waiting. So at the moment, let's not wait and let's dive into this. Each of us has a beauty, a beautiful, true self inside of us, whether we believe it or not. It's God's plan for us. He created us. We are his masterpiece. So why wouldn't it be so? But unfortunately, many of us have never experienced this beauty inside us. Somewhere down the line, life, in some way, shape or form, taught us that our true self was not welcome, was not safe, and in a lot of cases, was not wanted. Consequently, we became very good and in some cases experts in hiding our true self. In its place, in this place of beauty within inside us, we have constructed this false self. This version of ourselves we've created has a very big defensive, non-resilient, untrusting and reactive core. This reactive core is at the centre of all of our, or most of our, disordered relationships. It is responsible for our flamboyant emotional reactions. And the other extreme to that is not being able to embrace our emotions ourselves. And it also sabotages our ability to trust anyone, even God. The Apostle Paul tells us to take off our false self, our sinful nature, and put on the true identity in Christ. What is that, you ask? Well, let's turn to the Scriptures and find out. In John 15, it says that we are chosen. In 1 John 3, it says we are beloved children of God. Back to John 15, it says that we are friends of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says we are the temple of God. In Ephesians 2, it says what, we, what, I, what I notioned at before, we are God's handiwork. We are his masterpiece. We are his work of art. And in Psalm 139 that was expressed in that, uh, that short clip beforehand, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So let's start breaking all these down so that we can start seeing what our soul desires to be able to create space to take off our false self and start living in the life that we've actually been created for. The first one is confession and self-examination. Self-examination is a process whereby the Holy Spirit opens your heart to what is true about yourself. It is a way to completely open yourself up to God within the safety of the divine love so that you can authentically seek transformation. Whereas confession embraces God's gift of forgiveness and restoration while setting us on a path of renewal and change in our lives. Does your soul desire this? To surrender your weakness and faults to the forgiving love of Christ and to intentionally desire and embrace practices in your life personally that lead to authentic transformation. In Psalm 139, it says this, Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. The psalmist goes on and says, Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's confession and self-examination. Detachment. Spiritual practice of detachment. There's nothing Jesus was more attached to than his father. God came before his mission. God came before his disciples. God came even before his family. Because God was the center of Jesus' life. Worldly values and works always came second. Detachment means replacing the attachments of idolatrous relationships and self-serving goals and ambitions with wholehearted attachment to and trust in God alone. Wholehearted attachment to and trust in God alone, nothing else. Does your soul desire this? To nurture the spirit of trust that is attached to God alone. Nobody else, nothing else but God. In that, we could be naming attachments or lifestyle choices that take priority, that distract us from God, that put a barrier between us and God, to put a barrier between us and the person that God has actually planned and purposed us to be. And it could also be letting go of the notion that your money or possessions or worldly values belong to you and that they make you who you are. Mark 8 explains this, where Jesus turns around and he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. And then it says, but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. If you give up your life, you will save it. If you hang on to your life, you will lose it. How good does Jesus say it there? That's detachment. Our next one this morning is discernment. Discernment opens up to listening to and recognizing the voice and the patterns of God's direction in your life. He speaks to us in so many different ways. But are we actually listening? Are we discerning the spirit of God rather than our ambitious spirit? Does your soul desire this? To delight in and recognize the voice and the will of God. Going back to our vision for 2020 and beyond, which is not your, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, in our everything. So to delight in and recognize the voice and the will of God. Taking time to listen to God, not hurrying to make any decision in our lives, and to seeking to bring both head and heart into alignment with God's will. The letter to the Philippians writes this perfectly. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. 
for I want you to understand what really matters. In other versions it says, this will enable you to choose. Paul prayed that the Philippians, Philippian believers would have the ability to differentiate between right and wrong, good and bad, and vital and trivial in their lives. The Greek word for choose is dokimazo, which means to examine, to discern, to approve after testing. Let me just say that one more time. It means to examine, to discern, and to approve after testing. It comes from the root word that means accepted or pleasing. So discernment becomes the path to finding what God approves, not simply what God forbids. When love, revelation and insight overflow into our discernment, we will always be looking for what is excellent and pleasing in God's eyes. We will choose what is best, not by laws or rules, but by loving discernment and direction from God. Paul goes on and he writes this. If we do this, he writes this, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ returns. Wow, what power is in those scriptures. I want a discerning spirit. Trust me, I want a discerning spirit in all aspects. Our next one this morning is mindfulness and attentiveness. We need to be attentive in our life, yeah? So this is a spiritual practice of mindfulness and attentiveness. Mindfulness is the practice that therapists, coaches, and even physicians employ to boost the immune system, increase memory and empathy, reduce stress, and improve attention skills, enhance relationships, and provide a measure of relief and well-being for those who struggle from obsessive-compulsive disorders or even chronic pain. Mindfulness or attentiveness is the state of active, open, non-judgmental attention to what is unfolding now, in the moment, in the presence of God. Now, that's a big thing in this is that it's not just being attentive to the now, but it's actually in the presence of God. Being attentive and mindful of what God is doing in your life. Does your soul desire this? To live wholeheartedly in the present moment, alert to God and without judgment. That's a big key for a lot of people, especially myself as I was growing and journeying and as I still am. It's to the point where I can be myself to God in the present moment, without judgment. Observing your thoughts and feelings without judging them as good or bad. So you don't judge them as good or bad. And releasing the need to control people, events, or, or events, I should say, so to control people or events and receiving them as they are. So what happens, happens. It's out of your control. In Isaiah 42, it says this, You see and recognize what is right, but you refuse to act on it. Isaiah goes on and says this, You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. Be attentive. Does your soul desire that? 
Next one is secrecy. When I first saw this one, I was just like, I don't understand why this one's in there, but I'm hoping that I can bring words to this uh, so that maybe your soul yearns for this. Secrecy is practicing the spirit of Christ reflected in hiddenness or the lack of display or holding in confidence. Does your soul desire this? To follow the simple and often hidden ways of Christ. Finding ways of service that you can render without letting anyone know what you have done and why you have done it. Jesus was totally free. He gave graciously and gratuitously. He did not look for return. He played to an audience of one, his father. Secrecy stems from the desire to share confidences with God, to play to the audience of one, your father. The letter to the Philippians says this, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Our next one this morning is silence. Silence we find in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness or to the unknown for prayer, for time with God, for time with his Father. Silence is a regenerative practice of attending and listening to God in the quiet, without interruption and noise. Silence provides freedom from speaking as well as from listening to words or music. Does your soul desire this? To free yourself from addiction to and distraction of noise so that you can be totally present to the Lord, to open yourself to God in the place beyond words. Now for me, that was really hard to start grasping when I was introduced to the spiritual discipline of silence. To not say a word, to not think a word, to not just have music playing in the background, to actually allow God to move. Setting a period of time in which you don't speak, but isolate yourselves from sounds other than maybe the ones from nature. But to allow God to speak. In First Kings, I had an experience much like this last year. But I continually keep on coming back to this. In First Kings, it says, um, perfect. Where it goes, a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. This is Elijah that was told to go into the cave. And he said, Wait for me there. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountains. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. Elijah was still waiting for God. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then listen to this. After the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. 
The only way Elijah would have heard that is through silence. Not distracting sounds. Wow. Sobriety is our next one. Ever heard this prayer before? This prayer or, or notion? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. It's part of the 12 step program that's in a lot of, well, mainly Alcohol Anonymous. But it's a wide ranger than that. There could be many addictions to many things. And in these cases, a lot of the times it's got to do with, with technology in Netflix and things like that. But healthy babies are born sober. They don't crave what is not good for them. Sobriety is living in a state of independence from unhealthy mind and body altering substances and attachments. Does your soul desire this? To live with moderation and full attachment to God. Without dependence on substances and attachments that are harmful to your life. When I think of this, I'm sitting there thinking that maybe we're trying to fill the void of us escaping from God's true love with things of the world, and they become addictive because they're an easy way out. I don't know. Does your soul desire this? To acknowledge your addictions, whatever they are, and unhealthy attachments, and seeking help to live independence from them. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, looking for you to devour. Sometimes we're not even conscious of it. Sometimes we just fall into it and it becomes an addiction. But there is a hand waiting in the spiritual discipline of sobriety. Solitude. Next one this morning. The practice of solitude involves scheduling enough uninterrupted time in a distraction-free environment that you experience isolation and are alone with just you and God. Solitude is the container discipline. So a lot of other spiritual disciplines come out of solitude. And in that, the practice of other spiritual disciplines can flourish. Does your soul desire this? To leave people behind and enter into a time alone with God. Sometimes our life circumstances, we can't actually do this. But as I said at the beginning of all this, of this series, is that you need to know your circumstance and you need to know the knowledge of God with the linchpin of the Holy Spirit to be able to seek this transformation that God is inviting us into, to create spaces for God to move and not for you to move, for us to get out of the way. Yeah, This gives us, is giving God time and space that is not in com competition with social contact, noises or any stimulation. Complete solitude. In Mark 1, 35, it says this, very early in the morning, if we need to, um, to model ourselves of Jesus, this is probably one step to, to, to start doing that to make sure that we are 
taking our steps closer to the way Jesus lived. Very early in the morning, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but this is what Jesus did. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. A solitary place to be with his father. A solitary place away from all distraction to be able to get that relationship. To be able to speak and listen and be with his father. Solitude is a formative place because it gives God's spirit time and space to do deep work within us. When no one is there watching, judging, or interpreting what we say or do, the spirit often brings us face to face with hidden motives and compulsions within our life. Spiritual direction. Hoping you're staying with me. We haven't got too many more this morning. I'm just hoping that these are sparking a fire in your soul so that you can sit there and go, does my soul desire this? Ask that question every single time that I go into something. So spiritual direction is the next one. Spiritual direction is help by one Christian to another, which enables the person to pay attention to God's personal communication to them. Sometimes we are that distracted that we can't actually hear what God is trying to say in our lives. But it doesn't stop there. It then allows us to then respond to God and then to grow into intimacy with God and lastly, and then live out on the results of that kind of relationship with God. Does your soul desire this? To give caring attention to your relationship with God. I could stop it there, but I'm going to continue on. So to give caring attention to the relationship your relationship with God, accompanied by the prayerful presence of someone we are meant to be in communion, of someone who helps you listen to the will of God in your life. Not with their own thoughts, but to actually create space for you to hear what God is truly saying to you. Does your soul desire this? allowing another set of eyes and ears to help you interpret your experiences and even the voice of God in your life. John 16 says this, There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. A lot of the times I sit there and and the reason why I benefit a lot from spiritual direction and somebody coming alongside me is because there's three voices in my head. There's my own selfish ambition, there is God, the truth, and there is the evil desires of this world. I need to be able to decipher and discern through that. Spiritual direction. Next one. Is one of the hard one, hardest ones for people because it's not a, a spiritual practice that people like to actually do in their lives because it, you have to give away all your control. Submission that leads to growth means aligning your will and freedom with God's will and freedom. God's will for us includes freely submitting to each other out of love and reverence of Christ, for Christ. Does your soul desire this? To have Jesus the master of your life in absolutely every way, not just on a Sunday morning, not just while we're doing ministry, not when we're actually just having a conversation, in our every aspect of our life. 
Seeking God's will no matter where it leads you. I'm going to repeat that again. Seeking God's will no matter where it leads you and doing it. In the letter uh, to the church of Ephesus, Paul encourages in this husbands and wives. But in the greater notion, we could actually impart this into our everyday nurturing and loving God's children is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In John 3, it says this, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. He must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. We must have been on to something when we, when we launched our vision for 2020 and beyond, is let your will be done, not ours in our everything. Scripture makes it clear that God has a plan for us and knows the best way for his masterpieces, which is us, to live. Submission is trusting that God's instruction concerning this life here on earth are as good for us as the life already prepared for us in heaven. Instructions to forgive to serve and to love are not given to abuse our soul or to abuse our spirit or to abuse our life or restrict us in any way but to set us free to be who we were always meant to be. And next one this morning is waiting. This is our last one for this morning. So I'm hoping that you're, you're very encouraged. This is our last one this morning is waiting. People who knew God learned to wait. And we reflect back on the Bible. We reflect back on Abraham and Sarah waiting for God's promise and timing. We reflect back on to David waiting to become king. We reflect back on Habakkuk waiting, waits for God's rescue. Israel waits for the Messiah. Mary waits to find out if Joseph will marry her. And even Anna, Simon, John the Baptist and Jesus and all the people wait in the upper room. Waiting is the ability to sustain a deep desire with patient hope or a shorter term frustration with resilience. Does your soul desire this? To be patient or to patiently trust in God's goodness and timing in the events and relationships in your life, your life circumstances. Staying in the present moment with God, even though sometimes it may hurt. Letting go of control, even though sometimes you think that you may be able to do it better or it should go in this direction. Giving yourself space and time to grow in Christ. Psalm 27 says this, 27.14, Wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. In Micah 7, 7 it says this, As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. As we wrap it up this morning, I'm going to encourage you 
in this, wherever you're sitting. Wait for God in this present moment. Your past with its regrets and if-onlys are irre irretrievably gone. Your future with its what-ifs and I-wishes is out of your control. But in the now, right now, it is possible to be with God. It is possible to wait and say yes to God. Waiting is where we learn to let go of our timing. Waiting is where we learn to let go of our disappointments. Waiting is where we learn to let go of our hurt. Waiting is where we learn to let go of our control and expectations and trust that God is good no matter what is happening. So this morning, we have gone through confession and self-examination, detachment, discernment, mindfulness and attentiveness, secrecy, silence, sobriety, solitude, spiritual direction, submission and waiting. I'm hoping that your soul desires and yearns for this and that we give time, even if it is just 20 minutes this week, just to be able to sit with God, create space and see if this is what your soul is desiring as God is transforming you for kingdom likeness. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let me pray, send you guys off. Make sure you join us Monday via Facebook for BVD and make sure you join us via Zoom uh, on, uh, on Wednesday with, um, with Daz. Lord, I just thank you for this moment. I pray that you go before us and that you settle our nerves and create us and invite us into a space of transformation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.